Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, featuring scientists, practitioners, experts, and everyday people with knowledge, tips, experience, and great stories to share to help you get a grip of your life. We'll give you insights into a range of subjects, including reducing your stress, improving your emotional intelligence, health and well-being, and controlling your negative thoughts. By doing this, you'll be able to improve your resilience, confidence, control, and perform better every day to live a more productive and purposeful life. For a free resilience ebook, listen through to the end for details. Here's your host, Dr. Russell Thackeray. So today we're going to talk to Joanna Jast. Now, this is an episode of someone I've been looking forward to talking to for ages, and I'll tell you the reason why. I have a problem with focus. I'm one of those creative people that gets diffused hideously all over the place. I've bought accountability software and all sorts of different things. So I'm looking forward to talking to someone who can help our resilience by improving our focus and our motivation and some other things. So, hi Joanna. Hello Russell, thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. And I can detect by your accent that you're not from the UK, so whereabouts are you from originally? I am a Kiwi. So for those of, the, of those of you who, out there who don't know what a kiwi is, <laughs> where's that? <laughs> it's, it's down under. It's it's the the last stop be, before um, Antarctica. It's New Zealand. Yeah, so it's a civilized bit of the south southern hemisphere. It's it, it? it rather civilized bit. Yes. Yeah. And the next to that, next to that noisy, noisy country, continent. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to talk to a kiwi. But um, and you're in France today, so I understand that sounds uh, that sounds a little less exotic. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Well, it's lovely to have you along, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about this subject. Um, as you know, we talk a lot about resilience here, and I've all, I always talk about this idea that you, in order to be able to weather the storm, to grit your teeth and get on, you've got to have great focus. So I'm hoping that what we talk about today will be really useful. So if you introduce yourself to people, what do you tell them you do? I try to help people accelerate the learning and behavioral change and I generally work with people or write for people who have many challenges people who have tried and failed before and I these tend to be also people who are like me who are middle-aged and not necessarily um, you know spring chickens and not necessarily uh, with the brain being you know 100% working so people with the wrong challenges people with several priorities several commitments in life okay fantastic and so you're a coach and author what is it how, how do you make this work um it's complicated <laughs> at the moment what I'm doing uh, I have worked one-on-one uh, -on -one with people I have developed some courses but at the moment, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing uh, mostly a lot of writing, and I have also switched to fiction writing. I started off uh, writing non-fiction books. I am still uh, working in that sort of area, but I also switched to fiction writing, which is something I have always wanted to do. Wow. No, we must talk about that late, later, because um, I know a lot of people are, are interested in this sort of quite romantic idea of being able to write fiction, but it, it's, it's got to be tougher than it looks, I'm guessing. It is. What's the what would you say are the differences between writing fiction and writing non-fiction? 
For me, the main difference is, and it sort of refers to my own personal challenges in terms of focus, it's that with not, uh, with nonfiction writing, I have to do a lot of research. And I have a bit of a, I've got a touch of OCD, and, and I, I'm really obsessed with getting things right. And I can get on that never-ending loop of checking myself and checking and rechecking and doubting and rechecking, and it's really quite... Um, tiring and it's not just that I have to get it right but past certain point is no longer productive and I have to be very very careful in balancing uh, checking my uh, references uh, getting advice that is really robust as robust as possible and not overdoing it not not overdoing it for myself I also have a I also have a um, short attention span so because my research includes a lot of um, reading sort of scientific papers and they don't have a lot of white space so I just get dizzy right. already <laughs> it's a massive challenge and actually switching to fiction writing has been quite liberating because I can just brew the story in my head I do do some research because there are certain things I have to check but it is much easier in terms of managing the challenges to my own focus that uh, it's just less with uh, fiction than with non-fiction wow that's fascinating um you've talked because <laughs> i've just actually indicated my own lack of focus here haven't we because i've got myself distracted into talking about non-fiction so um <laughs> i'll stop myself immediately so so what is focus um i mean you talk about in your list book this idea of laser sharp focus but what is focus it's the, it's really that there are several um, definitions, but the core is that it is the ability to. I'm trying to avoid using the word focus here. Is that the ability to um, concentrate on one thing uh, as fully as it is possible? And do you think do you think with the advent of social media and such like that, that's become more difficult for us? It has because. There's a lot of things that are going on and we almost expect it to multitask. We almost expect it to do several things at the same time. And that is really damaging our ability to focus. There's also this other undercurrent going on and this is more than just social media. It's with the development of technology and the changes in society that we see that we are becoming more and more prone to have um, the late gratification problems and we are instant gratification seekers and that's the sort of novelty seeking. This is when we become bored very quickly with the task and in constant need of something to pick us up and that's why we go online and we search all those little things so we check news from our friends and things like that and that adds to the problem with the focus. So, so that's interesting. So, so should, should we deal with that first? Then, so, so you're actually saying that we're becoming more. Well, I like the phrase, you know, so instant gratification. So, you think actually we were were more wired to to want this gratification, or are you saying it's just a habitual thing or a cultural thing? Um, it's actually quite interesting. I have seen uh, uh, an article recently that. Uh, People are becoming more skilled at delaying gratification these days than it used to be, although that's not necessarily what I have seen, but maybe it's sometimes it is like that, that you've got this impression that this is what's happening when actually when you look at um, available data, when you analyze it, it's something different. But culturally, 
um, culturally as in the ways societies progress, I can see that there is a shift in, in expectation of instant gratification because we've got money that's available even before we have money, or credit cards. Yeah. We can buy before we actually earn it. Um, the, the way schools are now, schools operate where kids are being praised for every little thing. You don't have to really pass an exam, have a, a A plus to, to get a praise. So that's a gratification as well. We, we get it much faster than we used to. And also with a, with a shift in societies that are uh, walking away from um, many other sort of traditional values, such as also as religious education, where we, we had to uh, do certain things certain way. It's much less um, strict these days. And actually, sadly, we, we don't learn to delay gratification as much as we used to back in the day, if I can put it that way. So it's yeah. not only our world is becoming much more tempting, we just, we've got temptations everywhere. We also, as individuals, are less equipped uh, to, to, to actually put delayed gratification into practice. We, we don't have these skills anymore. And, and I mean, I'm a fan of Cal Newport's work who talks about deep work and the ability to really focus and concentrate over the period of time. And, and he has a bunch of mental strategies to help you do this. Uh, so is this, is this part of your plan? Is there, is there a sort of a technique to be able to help improve con concentration or develop focus in some way? Yes. Uh, however, my approach to it is much more, you have to find your own way. And you have to start with diagnosing your own problem, okay? You have to understand the problem that you've got or the problems you've got, and you have to understand the root, the root of it. Not just the surface symptoms. Don't deal with the surface symptoms because it never resolves it. Uh, but find out what it is really at the bottom of it and use a strategy or a number of strategies, mixed strategies with tactics, but they have to be adapted to your own context. Otherwise, the best strategy in the world, uh, if it's not going to work for you, it's not going to work for, for you. For example, yeah. for example, uh, one of the best strategies for focus is meditation. Fantastic. Right. There's plenty of evidence it works, mm -hmm. except for there are people for who it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work for me. I've tried so many times and either I stay still and fall asleep or I'm so uncomfortable I can't get into meditation. And even though I have achieved that meditation state several times in my life, the return on investment have not been uh, sufficient for me to continue making that effort. So we go back to your, your question. Yes, there's a way of addressing it, but I, I, I say you have to find your own way. You have to find it. So... Mm. So that's interesting because, of course, if if you don't know what the solution is to your own focus, you're saying you need to start by identifying what's the cause. So, for example, in my case, I get very and quite have a lot of ideas, and I get quite diffused and distracted. I mean, some people just say that's a lack of self-discipline because I just won't sit down long enough to do the work. But you know, for someone like me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Meditation doesn't work at all for me because I I'm just too I'm too lively to be sitting down for 15 minutes. So. So how would I how would I use your process? What what would I be thinking about? Um, first of all, you have to diagnose it. The, what I suggest is to log your focus slip ups, as I call it. They will manifest 
themselves either as distractions or um, procrastination and you analyze it. There are several factors that can come to play here. Uh, one of them will be time of day, it might be the place, it might be what actually happens. For example, you get distracted by a noise outside, um, but it might not be the real problem. What actually distracts you or what causes you to procrastinate might not necessarily be the problem, it might be just the surface uh, symptom of what it is. And if it's a noise outside, maybe closing the door will be enough, but it actually is you being bored to your, you know, to out of your senses with the task that you're doing or you find this task unrewarding, there'll be another thing that will come up. Once you close the door, there'll be something else you will get distracted. So it's really sitting down, logging those focus slip-ups and then looking at the data, but looking for patterns. Yes. Uh, and so are you saying that focus is a skill? Basically, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's something that you develop and learn and therefore you have to work at it. Uh, and, um, and, and yes, however, I must say I'm a very lazy person. Right. Um, and it is, it, <laughs> it is really for me, it is a skill, fair enough, but it also is a, a thing that you can build into your environment and it becomes a way of living or a way of doing things. It becomes automatic, not because you have learned to do it, but because you rearrange your environment that it forces you to take certain actions. Right. So, so it's about setting up, it starts by setting up your environment to make it possible to have focus. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Right. So, for example, what would I do? Remove, I mean, I'm sitting here with a massively cluttered desk. I must have a great big pile of paper in front of me, I've got notes scattered in all directions, I've got post-it pads, I've got two radios, I've got uh, two or three speakers, I've got a um, dashboard cam. I mean, I'm literally sitting in the middle of a, a, a storm. <laughs> so you're saying I should start by sorting that environment out? I don't know, Russell. I would really go back to what is it that makes you distracted and you know when this is this is where you know you, you get your data you look for patterns and sometimes you have to you have to look for the the root cause and, and you might get to the point where you sort of you can't reduce it any further and if it's your personality the way you're built yes in my opinion this is something you have to accept as a given there are certain limitations certain constraints that you have to when you're designing your solution you have to take them into consideration and the easier you make your solution the easier it's going to be to implement so if you have to go against your personality if you have to go against uh, the way you are because you're you're a regular I guess I am a regular I can't sit still if you have to go against it well, your solution might work, but you will have to put a lot of effort in anything. And I'm a lazy person. I've already said that. Yeah. Okay. The more effort I have to put into keeping my solution going, the less likely I am to actually um, continue using it. Yes. So, so that so that there's a problem there, then, because actually, if we're saying that our personalities um, are work against us being focused, then any any efforts to be focused are going to be really difficult and therefore the likelihood is we're just never going to be without no. re without really no. substantial no. work. I still believe, oh, I good. still believe this is possible. You just have to outsmart yourself. Ah, good. Excellent. Tell me more. 
again, you, you go back to understanding yourself quite well. And the way, the best way to go about setting up any system, and, and I look at setting up focus as a system, is to actually look at your weakness and anchor your solution with your weakness. Right. Right? Don't work against it. Just embrace, in a way, embrace it and use it as something to make you behave in a certain way. For example, if you're lazy, and I think laziness is an excellent way. I've got my, my focus system is all sort of heavily depends on the fact that I'm lazy. Right. For example, I'll, I'm log out or out of most of the websites and all the logins are very complicated, have very complicated passwords and I've got them written down and I can, I'm free to log in and check those emails only that I have to go get out up, walk, get that notebook, find the password and put it in. Just too much effort. I'm just not going to do it. Right. And this is what I'm talking about. If you can uh, hang your solution onto your weakness, I think you onto a winner. I see. So what happens if you are um, um, lacking focus because, say, you lack confidence in what you're doing? Because that, that, because a lot of people do that, don't they? They sort of... Um, they're sort of a bit frightened about what they're trying to focus about what they're trying to do or focus on, or the the size of the problem in front of them, which sort of causes that sort of an emotional reaction. So how can you? I'm just wondering how we can use that and how we set up a system around that. I think it's quite complex. I think that the the, the self esteem, the confidence issues are are, are quite complex. And uh, so when I talked a little um, sort of didn't, uh, didn't quite talk about it, but I mentioned that earlier about strategies yeah. and tactics. So strategies, in my view, address the underlying cause, while tactics just deal with a, with a surface problem. So you can go for both. You can go for one or the other. Um, best, obviously, solution is to go for the, for, the, for the strategy that will address the underlying problem. But sometimes I work with people and, and sometimes we arrive at the decision that dealing with the underlying cause is just too difficult at this moment in time. Let's go with the tactics. So dealing with the underlying lack of confidence is one thing. And I would encourage people to go and seek appropriate help with that. If not, or in addition to that, you can come up with a tactic that will address the most common pattern of your behavior, uh, of the, the confidence, uh, poor confidence behavior, the, the way it manifests itself. So, for example, if it is, I don't know, anxiety that's just or ruminating in your head, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. There's a number of tactics you can choose to put that I don't know, distract yourself or, or use something else to counteract it. A number of things you can put in place that will not address the underlying cause, yet will enable you to do your work. I see. So that makes sense to me that so the strategies deal with the underlying issue, but the tactics are just things you can, I mean, some of the things you read on the internet about, you know, you know, having signing up to one of these tomato sites or something, or yes. these timing sites where you have to just concentrate for thirty minutes. You set a timer or, or shutting down all your Facebook tabs or whatever it is. Yes. So they're just tactics to reduce distraction. Um, so that makes that makes sense. How how does motivation affect? Because I know you've written a book on motivation as well. And I, um, it's got a, a most intriguing title. We probably shouldn't mention on here, but um, how does motivation affect your focus? Um, it does. Just just let me put it uh, out there. It does. However, um, unless you, we're dealing with a delayed gratification uh, issue, instant gratification need, or something that is really rooted in the, in the sense of uh, lack of 
uh, reward, unrewarding, you having to do something that you find unrewarding, it's not. Motivation is most often not the issue. The only the only thing that I say, and I, I have written this book because I, I, I swore not, never to write about motivation because I do believe motivation is not a problem, most often they're not. But then every time I've I, sort of I've worked with someone or I get a lot of emails from my readers about it that they, they believe they've got a motivational problem. So I decided to write this book and just say, this is really not a problem. This is what I believe is the only thing that you have to get right. And then it's it's all everything else is about setting up a system that relies on the environment, that relies on everything else but your motivation, just uses your motivation to power it. Right. I see. So we'll come back to that in a minute, if I may, then. So, so, um, so, um, in your book, you talk about no fluff, maximize project, fast track. So I'm just reading the, the title on Amazon. It's interesting reviews you've got. Um, this, this idea of no fluff, then, is this idea of standing back, looking at the, looking at the pro underlying problems, working out strategies, or ignoring the strategies and just going with a bunch of tactics, and you can get those sort of anywhere. So, so are you saying that are you saying that the more you become focused, the easier it is to stay focused, or the easier it is to go back into a focused state? Um, I think I would go back to the what I've already said that it is the being focused and staying focused is really relies in and stems from your ability to understand what the problem is and address it. In appropriate way, the, the the way that's appropriate for your own context yes. in the given time in your life. So, for example, my focus strategies from two years ago are different than my focus strategies from from now. They look radically different because the underlying problems are still the same but because my environment and my context have changed, then I had to I had to adapt it for the given environment. Right. So you, so you're I, I understand. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because so what you're saying is, the tactics that we usually use will let us down with the context of our lives changes in a way. Yes, definitely. The tactics generally are temporary. They will only work for a while, and they might stop working at any time, um, particularly if you abuse them. Uh, I mean, that's not 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 overuse. Sorry, overuse. If you overuse them without addressing the underlying problem, but also strategies might not necessarily um, might not necessarily might, might stop addressing the problem. As you address the underlying problem, the problem will also continue to change, and hence your strategy might at some point will become uh, no longer applicable. So you have to really look at the, the changing context of who you are, uh, where you live, what you do, what people around you, the physical environment around you, everything else as it progresses with you through your life. Right, okay. Right, okay then. So let's, let's have a look at this other book that you've talked about, which is you've written, not another motivation book it's called. Yeah. And um, I, I, this is obviously brand new on um, Amazon because I'm having a look here. And um, and it talks about a pragmatist guide to nailing motivation, keeping it and effortless, effortlessly, I can't say it, and achieving your goals effortlessly, got it in the end. So, so for you, what is motivation then? Motivation is the fuel. So I, I, I talked about building systems. So 
building systems is like building machine, but building a car, okay? You put all the all the parts together, you make sure they're all well aligned, yada, yada, yada. You have to power it, okay? And you have to power it with the right thing, because if you have a, a, um, a petrol car and you put diesel into it, it, it it's not going to work, right? Yes. So you have to really discover what your motivation is. And I'm, I'm going here against what most gurus say, uh, because again, I'm very pragmatic and I've seen it before and I have seen a lot of it. The more I work with writers and other creatives, the more I can see it, that certain types of motivation work better with certain goals and very, very hard with other goals. And it's not really so the, what motivates you is part of who you are, part of your personality, part of your sort of almost biological to some extent makeup. And, and you have to discover it. And it's about things that come from your heart rather than from your mind. Unfortunately, it's not always mind over matter to some extent, but very often what we do, and I work with people individually, what we do is like, okay, so this is the type of motivation. It doesn't quite align with your goals. You can still do the same thing. So you, we do, we do a, a sort of, let's realign them. And I don't, I don't tweak motivation because that's that's what it is. Okay, we don't don't touch it. You just need to look at your goal and align it with your motivation rather than the other way around. Because if you try to do the other way around, if you've got this goal that is not in line with the motivation, then and if you try to sort of it, you end up on that vicious cycle of constantly having to motivate yourself because the motivation that you've got is either of the wrong type or you have not enough of it to power you to achieve that goal. Right. And so you're saying there's... So, for example, you might have a goal which is very clearly defined, very inspirational, very smart mm -hmm. maybe, and it's, you know, it's great, it fits in with your life's purpose, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously, there'd be a lot of motivation to, to achieve that because you've got a lot of desire and a lot of energy. So that's what you're saying. Basically, if you start with the goal, the motivation looks after itself. Ah. Uh, <laughs> That is the biggest problem that I have encountered where people have this beautiful goal. So it's, it's also, it's a bit of a shortcut. So going back to the motivation is an extra, uh, extrinsic motivation is intrinsic motivation. We're talking about mainly intrinsic motivation, three main types of intrinsic motivation, the um, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So the way you described it, and maybe it's just the way you describe it, is that this is a purpose. So the purpose-driven motivation is fantastic. It's the, you know, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to help young people. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this fantastic thing. Brilliant, fantastic. Absolutely, we need people like that. But some types of goals just don't align very well with this sort of motivation. This is the most powerful motivation, but not everybody truly is motivated by that. Some of us are motivated by other things. Some of us are motivated by mastery and do things because because they're beautiful or because they really enjoy getting better at something. Some of us do things because they crave autonomy and they do things to either get away from something or achieve a certain freedom. And no matter how beautiful the purpose is, it just does not feed the soul. And this is where it starts getting very complicated mm. and, and really trying to, to understand what really makes you tick, what rocks your boat, what fuels your life, whatever it is, you know, there's no 
good or bad things. It's just being in being true with yourself and accepting it. And you don't even have to tell anyone as long as you know what it is, as long as you don't harm anyone, you don't harm yourself. Just find out what it is and fuel it and, and, and channel it through through whatever you, it is to achieve your goals. Okay. Um... Um, in in real life, as you know, though, we often have goals which are being set for us. Maybe they're work goals. Maybe they're things that we have to. Maybe the things that we, you know, have to have to do that we're not necessarily, you know, doesn't give us autonomy, mastery, or purpose. So how do we how do we develop our motivation to achieve those goals? It is again going back to what makes you tick. And looking at the goal that's been set for you, obviously you are going to uh, you choose whether you're going to achieve it or not for a reason, one reason or another. You might want to choose in a sort of quotation marks to um, achieve your work goals because otherwise you're not gonna you're gonna lose your job and this is how you know you're gonna lose the the, the source of income. You won't be able to support your family, etc., etc. And your family is is you know, very important to you because you, your overriding goal in life is to uh, bring up happy children, okay? For example, that, so that's how you, you have to discover how these things align um, and, and try to link it back to your motivation. Sometimes there's a lot of work that you have to do in order to link it back to your underlying motivation, what really fuels you, Um but but the clearer you make this connection, the easier it is going to be. I see. Interesting. So so this theme of knowing yourself, this sort of self awareness um, idea, runs through all of your work, doesn't it? Because yes. I look at looking at your hacking your habits thing. I mean, you're linking together focus, motivation, habits, and such like. And I'm guessing your position is you know understand yourself, have strategies about yourself rather than just worrying about the tactic because the tactics can change depending on the context where you are is that is that your sort of is that your idea well not your idea is that the idea that you propagate in terms of all these sorts of areas yes right so so here's the killer question and so how how does one therefore um develop that level of self-awareness that we need to be able to do these things the advantage of being someone who has lived, you know, 30, 40, 50 years longer on this earth and have someone who has tried and failed is actually great because you've got a lot of information um, what has worked for you and what has not. And one of the things, that's why when I work on habits in particular with people, I say I only accept people who actually have tried and failed because then we've got you know all this wealth of information we sit down and say look what has not worked for you okay and we try to understand maybe why it hasn't worked for you and maybe we understand maybe we not if we're able to understand that's great because we've got another piece of information we can use if we can't understand it well that's nothing lost because we still know this isn't something what we're gonna, we're gonna use right yeah. so one of the things we do is to analyze past successes and failures Okay, and analyzing how you actually, how you like things, what you like, what you don't like, and and, and again, I go back to the principle of the least um, 
this effort is if you have to if if whatever you're changing if you're implementing any strategy if you're implementing any tactics the more you have to overcome the less likely you are to actually put it into into practice okay if you have to do something you don't like you're unlikely to do it if you have to do something that requires you to learn something you a new skill uh, yeah, it, it's not going to work, probably. Okay, if you have to rely on uh, self-control or willpower, and you know that you don't have it much, then it's not going to work. So, so, so I like that. That makes sense. So, what you're doing is you're saying understand yourself, so you can you can work with your own weaknesses rather than this idea yes. of oh my god, I've got to solve my weaknesses. What you're saying is it's like a jujitsu throw. You know, you take the weakness and you use it against, you use it for yourself rather than against yourself. Totally. Ah, got you. Got you. And then I guess, and, and I guess then you build a habit to ingrain that way of working. Yes. And run it on autopilot. And so, so that you're therefore then building a process that allows you to have a habit so, for example, if I if I'm so now I understand what you mean by the the focus thing. So, if I'm using if I'm using my weakness for me rather than against me, then actually my ability to focus will will come come round because actually I'm and and actually what you're saying is this is quite situational as well. Some weaknesses go back a long way, but some weaknesses are contextual as well because you might just not have a lot of time. You want to do a great job, but you haven't got a lot of time. You've got to focus on something to get it done. And so you have to have a tactic that works in that situation. Yes. Ta-da! <laughs> yes, it's, it's really this pragmatic. So you do have a little bit of thinking to do. So I'm just, I'm being very selfish for the moment and thinking about myself and my own le level of diffusion and such like. And I'm just thinking, I'm just I'm wondering how I use my, you've got me thinking, because I'm now thinking, how do I use my, this weakness to be able to improve my focus? And so that, and that's interesting because I know I can focus because when I need to, I do. So it's obviously just a, just a, just a thing. But that's really interesting. So because I can think about the, the actual tactics I just need. I can think about the tactics I've used before, and I can also mm -hmm. think, but actually, I wonder if I need to understand this weakness better so I can use it better for myself. It's everything that we do actually serves a purpose. It fulfills a need serves a purpose or fulfills a need and if you remove something that fulfills a need and then the need is now unmet then uh, you're going to find a different way to fulfill that need so you better put something into place that actually will address the need otherwise you're just going to uh, unconsciously come up with another unhealthy way of doing it if that makes any sense yeah no purpose just just be aware of it so understanding your weaknesses your weaknesses serve a purpose or fulfill a need wow Great. So, help people. If they want to get hold of your work, what can they do? Uh, I think the easiest thing would be to go to my website, www.theshapeshiftersclub.com. Mm -hmm. I have all my books listed there. They will be, if you, if you click on the uh, blog, they will be on the sidebar and there are universal links underneath them. So if someone clicks on them, they can go to a page where all the retailers are listed and just go from there. Yeah. Uh, I also have a workbook um, or, 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 or something to that extent that accompanies every of my book just to help people organize all those necessary things, uh, keep them in one place. And there's one 
for laser sharp focus, it's called a quick action guide. Uh, it can be used uh, with the book or without the book, or the book contains all the strategies. It's all organized by once you've arrived at this is your problem, these are the solutions that you can take. So it's a really sort of a, a, a guide book. Mm -hmm. Have your habits. Uh, there is a workbook that helps you work through the uh, how to set up a system, and the motivation book has also a workbook. And uh, the laser sharp focus quick action guide is on the website. For the workbooks that accompany the other books, um, there are in my books. Uh, the links are in my books. Great. Excellent. And of course, you can go to Amazon as well. I mean, that's the easiest yes. place. That's what I did. And yes. they're all listed there and some very interesting things. Well, look, that's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. And good luck with um, the uh, non-fiction side of what you're doing as well. When, when can we look out for your first, first non-fiction work of, work of genius? F fiction, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, fiction. 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 Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's, it's that same focus thing. It, it's gone already. Yes, when's the new, when's the new fiction um, career it's, starting? It's already out. It's already out. I'm currently working uh, on my fourth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a cozy mystery series and I'm working on the fourth uh, book in a series. Fantastic. Joanna, thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed it. And um, if I can stay focused, I'm off this afternoon to think about what we talked about. And I think it'll be really useful. So thanks so much. Thank you very much for inviting me, Russell. I no hope problem. it's been helpful for the audi your audience as well. Brilliant. Take care now. Thank you. We hope you found today's podcast useful. If you did, why not subscribe and listen to our other podcasts? We would love it if you could leave us a review. To access our resilience coaching, contact us at info at qedod.com. And finally, if you'd like to download our free resilience ebook, go to qedod.com slash free ebook. Thanks for listening.